How many is happy they came to church today? Amen. This is the greatest place that I, no other place I'd rather be but in the house of God. Amen. Acts chapter 2, 16 through 21. This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath blood and fire and vapor of smoke the sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before that great and notable day of the Lord come and it shall come to pass that whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved and for the next little while um, I would like to preach unto this church three powerful words Jesus is coming Jesus is coming so put your Bibles down and help me just go before the throne of uh, God right now. I believe that the Lord is, is going to speak to us. So, Lord, please just show up, Lord God. Do what only you could do today, Lord Jesus. Lord God, I ask that you move me out of the way, Lord God, that you anoint me, Lord Jesus. Lord God, we pray, Lord, right now, Lord, that lives will be changed. Lord God, let this word fall on good ground, oh God, that, that, that you have given me, Lord to preach to your people. Lord God, and let it speak with clarity, Lord. Let anointing break yokes. Let chains be destroyed today, Lord. In the mighty and powerful and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. Somebody give the Lord a great big hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all may be seated. It was early 1985 a woman by the name of Linda Gale she had had four children and two of her children was in school and two of her children was the infant age the other one was a toddler uh, she found somebody to watch the infant and she didn't trust nobody to watch her toddler at the time because he was a curious child and somebody would have had to put their full attention on her baby. So she was faced with the tall task of bringing her child with her. She needed to run some errands, do, do some shopping. You know how uh, mothers and fathers sometimes got to go and shop. So it was a rather smooth day. She took her child with her, and uh, she comes to the first store, a child is on his best behavior. Like, this is going to be a good day. So she, she finished running the errands, finished paying the bills. She needed to go run, do a little school shopping for her children. And she pulls up to the shopping mall, and she tells her child, okay, 
This is the last stop. If you are good, then I'm going to reward you when we leave the store. You know, it's very easy to, to bribe a child at that moment. So there they were, running in the mall, doing everything that she came to do. And she had one last store to go in to. And as she walked in the store, started going through the clothes racks, she noticed her son at this time began to jump in, jump in and uh, out of the clothes racks. And she, she was just, hey, son, calm down, because she knew he could get a little wound up. So she wanted to nip him in the bud before it even started. So she moved to the next clothes rack, and there he was. Now he's on the inside of the clothes rack. And uh, she, she just calls out to him, like, you know, I need to finish this shopping. So she wasn't able to put a, the whole divided attention on her young child. So every once in a while, she'll call out to him, son, well, here I am, mom. So that went on, and now she finally got everything she needed, and she was ready to leave. And so she calls out to her child, no answer. Son, come on, stop playing. He loved to play hide and seek. No answer. So she began to run frantically, look inside the clothes racks, looking for her child. He wasn't there. So... I know mothers and fathers here. The first thing you're going to think is the worst imaginable thing that could have happened. Somebody has taken my child. And that's what began to run through her mind at this particular time. As she run back and forth asking the, the customers that was there, have you seen my child? He's yay tall, and he, got, he has curly hair, but they haven't seen him. Just vanished. Gone. So she began to just run, and as panic began to set in, she began to cry. And just uh, in, in, uh, the, down the hallway in the center of the mall, there was a crowd that had gathered. And she's she thinking, like, well, this got to be my son. Somebody has tackled the corporate. So she begins to run frantically. Once again, back to the crowd. And through tears, she made her way through the crowd. And there was her little baby boy. And she just stood there in amazement as he preached unto that crowd. Jesus is coming. She didn't know where that he got those words from. He'd never even been to church. So there she was. She always pondered it in her heart, and she went on. She finally went to church, and she found out who God was. And she never got to hear her baby boy preach that message again. But I believe in that great cloud of witnesses. She's there right now hearing her son, how God was looking back where I am right now. Knew I would be a one God apostolic. Tongue-talking, devil-chasing preacher in Dothan, Alabama, and I'll be preaching that very same message. Jesus is coming. Hallelujah.
and he's coming back for us. Hallelujah. May be seated. Matthew. Matthew chapter 24. It's a familiar passage of scripture. The Olivet Discourse, where Jesus was on a mountain, Mount of Olives, teaching about the destruction of the temple and what it's gonna look like when he returned. So there he were. He was he was teaching his disciples at the time, and they come, put steps into the side. It says, what is the sign of that coming? When shall these things happen? And Jesus began to tell them in verse 4, Take heed that no man deceives you, for many shall come in my name, and they're going to see many. But um, there's there going to be wars and rumors of wars. But you be not troubled, because all these things must happen, but the end is not yet. Then he goes on and said, Nation is going to rise against nation. And kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famines and earthquakes and pestilence in, in diverse places. So it, it doesn't take a doomsday scholar or prophet to come and declare to this church that these are the last days that we're living in. Because you could just look around and see the chaos, the calamity that is the condition of this world, the signs are all around. And if we look, false prophets, we have many false prophets in this day that's, that's preaching what they want to preach, declaring what they want to declare, don't have nothing to do with God. They're leading the church down a path of their own, what, what, what they have thought, purpose in their heart. Wars and rumors in wars. Who can name the wars? Maybe the Civil War. Maybe World War I, World War II, Desert Storm. But can you name all the other wars? Or what about famines? This, this world has a, a lot of uh, people that's going to bed hungry every day. Over 800 million people go to bed hungry in this world every day. And what about pestilence? That should grab our attention. That should, first thing that comes to our mind, COVID-19. That, that was a pandemic that we, that we faced. But there was others. There was a bird flu, black death. It was many other plagues that we don't, consciously think about earthquakes in diverse places. That means many. And just what uh, last month, uh, earthquake hit China. And it was a lot of chaos that went forth because of that earthquake. And then Jesus goes on and tells them That um, 
that then you shall be delivered up and you shall be killed. You're going to be persecuted. Uh, he says it again. False prophets are going to rise. And the next thing that he talks about is very, very troubling. He talks about iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. In verse 13 it says, but he that endures to the end, the same shall be saved. And if you've been coming to this church any amount of time, you would have heard our pastor roughly over a year ago give an example of what a man or a woman looks like who has survived the trial or one who has endured the trial. Well, Brother Adam, I can't remember. Can you please refresh my memory? I don't mind if I do. I thought you would never ask. So, surviving a trial may look like a man, may look like a woman who walked through the most trying time of their life and somehow by the grace of God, they made it to the other side of that trial, but they no longer pray like they used to pray. They survive the trial, but they no longer fast, no longer push their plate back. By the grace of God, they, they limped away. Sometimes they was here and other times they was here and wasn't here, if you know what I mean. They were in a place of comfortability, in, in a place where I really don't want to be in that place where I was once with God. I'm kind of comfortable where I am. Enduring is, is just the opposite. Enduring is praying whether you feel like it or not. Fasting whether you feel like it or not. Reading the word of God when it's hard to keep your eyes open. I don't know how I'm going to make it to the house of God. I know I've been hurt. I know I've been broken. I know I have lost some loved ones, but if I could just make it into his presence, I know I could get my joy back. I could get the strength of God back. I could find what I need from God. Why? Because I know where my help coming from. It comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. But because iniquity is going to abound, the love of many are going to wax cold. But he that shall endure to the end, that's going to be, that, those are going to be the ones that be saved. We got to make up with ourselves. I'm not going to be a survivor. I'm going to endure to the end. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We got to endure, church. And there Jesus was going further down this same chapter, Matthew 24. And he, he begins to talk about a man. Moses, chapter 6, he calls this man a just man, and he's perfect. Peter, 2 Peter 2 and 5, he calls this man a righteous man. A man in his time kind of like the time that we are now. A man by the name of Noah. He lived a godly life, a separated life unto the Lord. So there was Noah just doing his thing, and the Lord comes and visits Noah. He goes and he tells Noah, 
the stench of this world has came up before me. And I have repented even making this place. So here's what's going to happen. Here's the blueprints. I want you to build this ark. And this, the only thing that's going to be able to save everybody is those that's found on this ark. And he goes on to tell them that only you, your wife, your children, and their wives are going to be saved. Just think how Noah must have felt at that time with the pressure of him preaching and reaching the people. And the only people he's going to save is his family. That's a message in itself. It's important for us that we need to do everything we can that our families are going to be saved. But here they are. Noah faced with his tall task to build an ark. So he begins to follow the commandments of the Lord and build the ark. I see him gathering all his stuff. And um, he probably was thinking at the time, like, maybe I could twist God's arm a little bit and maybe he'll change his mind. So in my mind, I could see Noah trying to reach out to folks despite of what God had already told him. So, sir, please, please don't go in this direction. Would you please help me build this ark? And to begin to tell him some foreign things that he never heard of. You know, the waters of the deep going to be open. It's going to be a flood. It's going to be some stuff that fall out the sky. That probably was pretty intriguing to this man. Because at this time, the, the earth was was wet by the, the, dew, the, uh, the, the dew and mist. So there he was, you know, and I could see the man, like, you know, no, that's, that's, you know, that's very, very intriguing to me. I'm going to have to hear you again about these words. And, but he tells him, oh, you know what, I'm not going to be able to do it this weekend because I'm getting married this weekend, you know. And uh, time goes on and he comes back and Noah has made, Big uh, strides in, in what God has called him to do. So there he was again, faced with the tall task of crossing that path of Noah. And he just begins to tell him, Noah, you know, I, should, I still been thinking about what you said. And I, I, I am coming, but, you know, I'm not going to be able to make it because this, this coming up week I got to give my daughter away. And then we're having a party the following week. So you're, you're invited to come to our party, Noah. And this went on in my mind. See, I got a color for mine. I'm sorry, y'all. But all up until the time of the flood waters, they got in the ark, Noah and his family, the animals, and God himself closed the door. And Everybody that was found outside the ark were destroyed. And I, too, am like Noah, declaring it to Dothan. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. It's going to rain. But it's not going to be water next time. It's going to be fire. So you either could burn now or you could burn later. But the fact is, you're still going to burn. Y'all ain't hearing me. You can burn now or you can burn later. 
but you're still going to burn. I would to God somebody would catch on fire right now. Somebody would shout now. Somebody would dance now. Worship like you never worship. Run the aisles like you never ran them. Why? Because Jesus is coming back, and he's coming back for a church that's on fire for God. Hallelujah. It's too late in the evening for us to be drawing back and playing a cute church. We need, to, we need to lose our mind every time we come into the house of God. Hallelujah. Jesus is coming. Second Timothy 3, 1 through 5. It's the Apostle Paul talking to Timothy, his son in the Lord. And it reads, This know ye also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own self. They're going to be covetous, boasters, Proud, blasphemous, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And just like before, we can march down each one of these words. That, that Paul wrote to Timothy. Men are going to be lovers of their own self. Covetous. Boasters. This is a proud generation. People are blaspheming like never before. Disobedient to parents. This is an unthankful generation. An unholy generation. And what really should get our mind... Natural affection, without natural affection. That means when you lose the ability to love with the love that God has given you, like between a mother and their children or a husband and his wife, uh, they, has lo they have lost that ability to, to love. The truce breakers, false accusers, incontent, Fierce, this is a fierce world, despises those that are good. Traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. And then Paul just tells them, from such, you need to turn away from these things. You need to turn away, and, and, that, and that's kind of where we are right now. Kind of like the prophet Elijah, how he was faced with that dilemma at the time when he was, when the people uh, uh, was halting between two opinions, Baal and God. They didn't know what church to go to. They didn't know what to believe. Matter of fact, these days, they, they actually teach people how to speak in tongue. And they got their own little cute shout that they taught themselves how to do. And see, when, the, the thing was, when, when I was younger, we had a reputation. I was scared to tell people what church I went to. 
I'm just going to be honest. They called us holy rollers. Oh, oh, you go to that church. You, I, okay, yeah, yeah, I know, I know that church that you're talking about. But now, everybody got their own little cute dance. Got their own little cute little. Don't have nothing to do with God. Don't have nothing to do with the Lord. And how many is thankful that you're in a church where the true fire of God is still falling? The fire is still falling. Don't believe the lies all because somebody got a cute shout. We're not like the church down the block. We're not like them, church. We, matter of fact, somebody should get, get a hold of what Jeffrey Arnold said. We ought to leave church like we survived a terrorist attack. Our shirt should be untucked. Our collar should be flipped. Hair and bobby pins flown all over the place. And when they ask you, been with Jesus, Jesus showed up. He, the fire fell, ch chains was broken, yokes were destroyed. Because the fire still falling. And it's going to fall today in Dothan, Alabama. Hallelujah. This is the church of the living God. And there's no church like his church. 2 Peter 3 and 3. And it reads, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers walking after their own lusts and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. And that's another place we are. Where is the promise of his coming? I've been hearing it all my life. I heard Bishop. Now I'm hearing Pastor Harrison. And these are the same words that I'm constantly hearing. But that still doesn't change the fact that Jesus is coming. He's still coming back. You know, in 2 Peter 3 and 9, the Bible lets us know that the Lord is not slack concerning his promises. As some men count slackness, but as long-suffering to us, Lord, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to the repentance. But the day of the Lord is going to sound uh, with a great sound. The elements are going to melt with a fervent heat. The earth also in the works that are therein, they're going to be burnt up. Why? Because uh, God, he's not, he's not interested in what somebody says or how somebody is going to just uh, try to... The, the, the pen where he's going to come, that still doesn't change the fact that he's still coming. But he's going to come. The Bible lets us know that, that no man know the, the day nor the hour that the Son of Man is going to come. Now, I'm going to flip back to... Text that I read. Acts 2, 
chapter 16. This particular setting was, was in um, Jerusalem. Before this, Jesus had told his disciples before his ascension into heaven to go wait for the promise until you be due with power from on high. So through their obedience, they find themselves in this place. They, they find themselves in a room, an upper room, where they're waiting on that promise. And they really didn't know at the time how was it going to happen. What, what promise was he talking about? So there they were, just waiting, being obedient to the Lord. And the Bible lets us know that suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There was cloven tongues as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they be all began to speak uh, as the Spirit gave the utterance. The Bible lets us know that there was a devout men, Jews, proselytes in that day, and they heard them speak the wonderful works of God. Then two verses later, they said, oh, yeah, these men are drunk with new wine. But Peter stood up and said, not so, for this is that that the prophet Joel spoke about. In the last days, saith God, I'll pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your son, your daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men are going to have visions. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And upon my handmaid and my servants of that day, they shall prophesy. Hey, church, these are the last days. There's an outpouring coming to Dothan, Alabama. This church is not big enough for what God wants to give us. Pastor, I still hear that voice. Tell him I said it's still not big enough. This church is not big enough. The church after this one is not big enough. Why? Because these are the last days and fire is still falling. Maybe you're here right now and you don't have the Holy Ghost, but you must be born again. If you like them, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter answered that, Acts chapter 2 and 38. Repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive that gift, that promise. Why? Because it's not unto you only, but it's to your children and all those that are far off. Jesus is coming, and he's coming back for a church without spot or wrinkle. He's coming back for a church who has been washed by the blood of the Lamb. Have you been washed? I'm finished. I'm finished, brother. Y'all can come. Have you been washed by the blood? If you're not here, you need to determine right now that I'm not leaving here without that promise that was made unto me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, Lord God. We praise you today, Lord. Have your way, Jesus, to this service. Oh, Lord God, we need it, Lord. We need your fire to fall, Jesus. Oh, Lord God, we don't want to walk here the same, out of here the same way, Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus. We believe, Lord God, that you're going to show up, Lord God, today, Lord. Come on, clap your hands, church. Let's worship the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. He's going to do it. 
He's going to do it. Revival is coming. Revival is coming. So it's up to us to get ready. We, this place should be pulsing every day that we come in here. The fire is still falling. Fire is still falling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. I'm finished, church. Amen. I want you to help me. I want you to step out from where you're at. There's a little bit of praise and worship that was stirring around here. We're going to worship the Lord just like that again. I want you to lift your voice. I want you to clap your hands. Whatever you were doing 45 seconds ago, I want you to do that right now. I want you to just open your mouth up. Oh, Jesus, we've got to have your spirit in our lives. We've got to have you stirring our hearts up, Lord. Oh, in the name of Jesus. That's it, church. Come on. Jesus is calling. Oh, in the name of Jesus. 